Hello, and I'm delighted to welcome you to World CC's Optimism Cafe podcast. I'm Bruce Everett. I'm the regional CEO of Asia Pacific for World CC, and this is our first podcast of 2021. Amongst the sea of content that the world wants us to consume right now, our podcasts are designed as short, easily digestible, real-life stories that you can listen to on the go. In this series, we'll be inter interviewing a phenomenal selection of our members and our supporters, highlighting everything from acts of human kindness, generosity, innovation, and today, social value, because this is a time when we really need something to feel optimistic about. Social value is a key theme of World CC in 2021. As our members know, our vision is a world where all trading relationships deliver social and economic benefit. And today I'm joined by Brett Nantai. He is the Chief Integrity Officer and co-founder of Huber, Huber Social. They work with organisations to measure and create social value, to ensure that resources are directed to have the greatest impact and, importantly for diversity and disadvantage, to leave no one behind. So, Brett, welcome to this first podcast of the year. Thank you, Bruce. Good to be here. And be here virtually. So <laughs> perhaps we can start with a question, Brett. What's the problem that you and Huber Social are trying to solve here? Well, when we started uh, at Huber Social about seven years ago, thinking about what social impact we wanted to have, we actually found, well, at the time, that was not even a well-known term, you know, so people didn't even think about social impact. And the problem really at the time was that people weren't even trying to measure social impact. For the most part, you know, people in you know, providing services in the social sector tended to assume that they were doing good because it was sort of self-evident or they would um, measure output type things like, you know, what were attendance rates or how many goods did they distribute or how many times did they supply a service? And, um, you know, the problem with that was that those sorts of measurement approaches were uh, well, normally bespoke and expensive and uh, didn't really tell you whether what you were doing was actually uh, doing good, if you like. And in fact, the conventional wisdom at the time, when we started out, was that you couldn't measure social impact. So since then, I think, um, you know, seven years on or so, we've seen a lot of progress. And now, obviously, as, as you said in your introduction, Bruce, you know, social impact is a very commonly used term. In fact, it's in danger of becoming a, a bit of a buzzword, I think. Mm -hmm. But actually, the, the core problem probably still remains in that now there are so many different ways that people are trying to measure social impact that it does cause a bit of confusion. And also, they still mostly focus on outputs um, rather than really what is the actual, um, you know, social impact you are generating. And, you know, that's a problem, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, is that old saying, you know, what gets measured gets done. So if you're measuring things that may not matter, but you're being rewarded or, or incentivized to do those things, then you, you may be actually you know, doing more harm than good uh, using those sort of measurements. In fact, we, we, we knew from speaking with people, particularly in um, uh, you know, overseas development, international development, that they would often say, well, we've got to do this because the, the funders expect it. 
but we know, but that's just so we can get that out of the way so we can get on with the work that actually matters. <laughs> you know, so we often, we often got that. So, you know, good measurement is really essential if you're going to improve something, um, you know, improve efficiency and effectiveness in this sector. Uh, and it's also helps you avoid, um, you know, making uh, bad mistakes or, or creating dysfunctional behaviour. So uh, that's the, the problem we actually set out to solve. How do you measure social value? And what's your seven years of experience in this particular area helped you to understand about good measures that drive the right sort of behaviours and it's not just tick the box? Yeah, look, I think... Um, there's a lot in, you know, we can go through in terms of um, mechanics of how you measure things and so on. But I think probably what's most useful is probably to just think about um, uh, what are some of the key key principles about how you're going to measure social value. And I think for me, there's probably, you know, the three really important ones. And the first is that if your aim or if you're working with your people and your aim is to improve them, their lives, then your ultimate aim must be to improve their well-being uh, and once again well-being along with social impact is one of those words which is rapidly becoming abused but by well-being i mean you know a person's overall satisfaction with their life not just a transient emotion like happiness so it's a bit more fundamental than that yes. um, because you know if if your program or intervention or whatever you're doing if that's working we should be able to see that that the people you're impacting, their levels of well-being should go up, right? So if they go up, presumably you're, what you're doing is helping. If they're going down, it may not be. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think the, the second principle, though, is that you need to do that measurement of well-being directly, directly with the people that you're impacting. Um, unfortunately, a lot of approaches use proxies, though. So we'll say, oh, okay, this person, they're healthy, wealthy, and well-educated, their well-being must be high. And we know that's not true. We know that there's plenty of instances where, as they say, money can't buy happiness. So, you know, the, you really need to measure well-being directly rather than assume certain proxies tell you that because the other thing about um, those using those proxies is that they're never neutral. You know, whether we like it or not, we all come with our own cultural and individual biases. So often those proxies reflect more those biases than they do what is really driving um, well-being. You know, and that's this has sort of been recognised in international development a lot, where we've imposed Western models of development and Western cultural norms, uh, normally to the detriment of the people we're actually trying to help. So this... Um, Second principle says, go, go to the people you're impacting and measure their well-being directly. And it's possible nice. because there are, there are well-recognised uh, tools, uh, measurement tools that uh, will do that. And that, you know, these have been in use since, actually since I think about the 70s even, some of these well-being measurement tools. So they're, they're there. You can use them. Yep. Which leads me, though, to the um, uh, third principle, which is, you know, <laughs> really just to apply your measurement with what we would call scientific rigour. In other words, uh, one of the problems with uh, social value becoming so uh, popular, if you like, is that it's almost now become a marketing tool 
rather than something that you use to inform decision making, you know, help you make better decisions. You know, as you said in your introduction, we see measurement as, a, as the way that you can make sure that resources go to where they have the greatest impact. So we want to enable decision making that, that does that. Unfortunately, with all this plethora of um, different ways of measuring social impact, then they don't often have any real validity, if you like, from a statistical or scientific basis, you know. Um, and the scientific method's been around long enough now that we understand how to do a measurement that proves or disproves what we're actually trying to find out, you know. So uh, have a hypothesis, work out how you're going to test that and then go and measure it, right? And that's what we do, but we don't, we see that a lot of the times people aren't very clear about that. So, uh, which, you know, is unfortunate because if you're making decisions that affect people's lives, as you yeah. are in a lot of these cases, I think you, you owe it to them to be as rigorous as you can as and as transparent as you can about the data and analysis and uh, that you use to come to those conclusions. And um, we, we always say in Huber that, um, uh, that the rigour of the measurement approach or the, or the yeah. measurement should correspond to the seriousness, seriousness, if you like, of the decision that you're trying to make or need to make. And once again, you know, if you only want to go out there and get a headline marketing <laughs> soundbite, then, okay, maybe it doesn't need to be very rigorous. If you want to make decisions about where to direct resources that will impact people's lives, I think you owe it to them, as I said, to, to do that in a, in a way that's rigorous and transparent. So thank you. Yeah. Three principles in some... <laughs> Thank you, Brett. I'm, I'm hearing IQ, a scientific rigorous method, EQ in terms around empathy, but also this adaptive intelligence as well to be able to situate it in their context and in their time, what's relevant at this time. So I think our members have important roles in making buying decisions. They have important roles in engaging suppliers, including small to medium enterprise and indigenous. So there is the power, and I think what you've given us is confidence, Brett, that there is a rigorous method for measuring social impact and social value. So thank you for that. Lastly, to round up this Optimism Cafe podcast, Brett, Nantai, what makes you optimistic? Well, I think, I mean, in, in, take it, in taking your space, Bruce, in, in uh, world commerce and content, contracting, I think we're already seeing that through the supply chain, as you said, people are, are now seeing that it's not just about um, procuring at lowest cost, but there's, you know, a duty of care to everyone in the um, supply chain to, to do no harm. And beyond mm. that, I think there is a huge opportunity because, you know, the, all the focus on supply chain through modern slavery and so on has highlighted how interconnected and interdependent our world is, which means the opportunity for people to actually have a really positive social impact through this uh, supply chain is huge. And I think, you know, the, in the uh, commercial and contracting world and the procurement world, people are only just barely touching the surface of that potential. And I think what causes me, gives me cause of optimism is to see that people are heading down that track. I mean, you've got people here in Australia, Bruce, I know you're working within um, 
uh, you know, around modern slavery who are taking an industry-level perspective and getting together to say, how can we tackle this problem as an industry? So I think when I look at that, I would say, um, you know, the, 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 the world is, is now recognising that purely focusing all their decisions on economics, on, on financial criteria is flawed and that we need to move beyond things like GDP as a measure of human progress. And I think being able to measure social value as we now can in more meaningful ways, if we do it right and follow those three principles, gives us a way to actually make better informed, more rounded decisions where, yeah, economics is still important, but it's not the only thing. And, and if we're going to actually uh, make the world a better place, then um, being able to combine social value into that and of course there's uh, the environmental side which we haven't covered today but that's important as well how do we actually try and do all those things rather than just blindly focus on one thing because it's just seems to be a bit easier so i'm, I'm optimistic bruce that uh, the next generation <laughs> can, can take that take up that mantle and and, uh, uh, and be successful brett nantai from uber social i thank you for sharing your experience giving us confidence that there is a way to measure it and also that it's important, that it's our duty of care, as you say. Uh, first, do no home, but I think another Huber social principle is leave no one behind. Brett and Antai, I thank you for participating and sharing in this podcast. And all of our members, please continue to join us for these Optimism Cafe podcasts as we uh, seek really interesting people and really interesting topics throughout this year. Thank you again and bye for now.